Isn't God good? Can we give the worship team a great big hand? They did such an awesome job. They did such an awesome job. You know, I wouldn't go anywhere without Jesus, but I wouldn't go anywhere without Miss Belinda. We've been married 51 years this year. God is good. He gave me such a pretty lady, and she's pretty, prettier on the inside than even she is on the outside. You want to say something? Okay. No. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. She's, she's been a blessing to me. We have uh, two sons and three grandchildren. Actually, we got four grandchildren. I have a grandson that's 24 in the Air Force and then 11 and 13 in a year and a half. And so we're still enjoying children, praise the Lord. And uh, so we're so glad to be here. Just wanted to say good morning to you. We love you. We appreciate you. Just want to take inventory, look around, see some familiar faces. So glad to see all of you here today. And, and got to meet some new friends and family. And then we have some visitors that are in the church today. And, and please come back next week. Brother Brett's a much better preacher than I am. And, and you'll enjoy him even more than you enjoy the service today. But listen, you are going, you, hey, how many of you felt the presence of God as we was worshiping the Lord? God's presence just filled this room. And if there's anything I want in our churches in our pastor's lives, as I want the presence of God. I want them to feel the life of Christ. I want them to experience the presence of God's presence. Amen? And so we're so glad to be here. We're, we're uh, on a journey, like all of you, uh, dealing with the virus and dealing with all the obstacles in life and adverse circumstances. But God is good. And people are still getting saved, people are still getting healed, people are still getting delivered and set free. And thank God that they are. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad to be a part of a lively church and a lively family called the family of God. Believing believers everywhere. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I got a simple message. I, I, I knew what I was going to preach. A lot of times I... I know what I'm going to preach, and the Lord changed it at the last minute, but he's been, he's been so good to me not to do that to me this time. And, and, uh, and, but but uh, I've known for a few weeks that when I come to minister on hope, hope, by definition, is a favorable, confident expectation of good. Think about what I just said. It's something that, listen, it builds confidence up on the inside of you. It causes you to get your, prepare yourself to be able to experience something that's going to bring joy and peace and goodness of God in your life. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to go to a lot of scriptures, and I'll be probably gone before you get there. I come to encourage you. If there's anything that we need in this hour is encouragement. I mean, we have the great opportunity and pleasure to to minister to ministers and in, in from literally east to west. And, and God's been so good. We've started several churches over the years, and we have several pastors that, that we have an opportunity to, to fellowship with. And, and they call me pastor. And, 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 uh, and one of the things that we're seeing and experiencing because of all the adversity, because of all the adverse circumstances that's going on in the world, because that we've been quarantined for three months, you know that there's there's so much there's so much stress and there's so much anxiety and there's there's people that are believing believers, but somehow some way they've lost that joy of expectation, they've lost the hope that God has set before him. You know the Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Think about that. Christ in you is the hope of glory. But when you lose the vision of Christ being in you because of all the things that's capturing your mind and your attention, focusing on those things instead of the goodness of God, that God still loves you, that God still wants to use you, God wants to do great mighty things through you and for you. And so it, even pastors, when we're call, uh, calling pastors, since we're not able to, to go see them right now, we're calling pastors and checking up on them. And even pastors 
of, of large numbers of people, those pastors are people just like you. And they're going through anxious times. They're going through anxiety. They're going through stress. And one of the reasons is, is not because they've not stopped praying or stopped studying or stopped believing, but it's stopped being able to see the vision that God put in their heart come into pass because of the adversity that's the capture in their mind and their soul. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions of humanity. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And the battle, for the most part, in life goes on not out here, but up here, between from ear to ear. And one of the things you've got to see and understand, First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that hope acts as a helmet of salvation. It says faith also, faith and love, act as, as a breastplate of righteousness. Now think about that, that faith and love work in my heart, but I need hope to work in my head. I can be a believing believer. I can stand on the promises of God. I can quote those scriptures. But, you know, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. The word perish means go backward and come to naught. I stop fulfilling the goals and the vision and the dreams that God has put inside me for my future. And I lose sight that I even have a future. I become disappointed. I become even ashamed that, you know what, some way, somehow, I've lost my way. I can't seem to, to find my way as easy as it was the last time I was in this situation. And one of the reasons is because that battle that's going on in my mind, my will, and emotions. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse, the last verse of, the, of that scripture, that chapter, I'm sorry, uh, it literally says this, And now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. Verse 6 says, Rejoicing not in iniquity, but rejoicing in truth, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, endearing all things. You know, that's what love does. It bears up underneath the pressures of life, adversities of life, the anxieties of life. It has the ability to rejoice in the middle of trials and tribulations. Romans chapter 12 says, Rejoice in the Lord, be patient in your tribulation, continue an instant in prayer. Rejoicing in the hope of the God of my salvation. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, the scripture says, We're not as those that have no hope. Hello? We're not as those that have no hope. We're a people of hope. We're a people of love. We're a people of faith. But you've got to maintain that hope just like you maintain that love walk or maintain that faith walk. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. There are a lot of things going on in the earth today. In our own communities, there are a lot of adverse things going on, difficult things, destructive things going on. But yet at the same time, it seems like as much as bad as it can get on this hand, God's got his hand upon us still. God's moving in the midst of these trials and tribulations, these testings of this adversity, that the devil will never be able to outdo what God wants to do in our lives or in the earth. And God's, got, God's moving among us and in us and through us. And that's what God's wanting to do. He's wanting you to move with him. He's wanting you to believe with him. He's wanting you to have a new vision, a fresh vision. Listen, he wants to stir the gift on the inside of you. He wants to fan the flame and cause a fire to be on the inside of you. He wants you to rise to the mountain of your faith and literally begin to shout his glorious victories in your life. Even before you see them, you begin to declare that decree, and he shall establish it, the scripture says. Amen. What we say today is what we reap tomorrow. And so God's trying to get us to the place that, listen, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, that we've got to keep our faith, we've got to keep our love, but we cannot lose our hope. Let me just share some of the scriptures. Now, don't even try to get, go here. But listen, just get the tape if you will. But some of, some of the, some of the uh, 
that did sound funny, didn't it? Like going back to the old time, cassette tapes. What is that, you know? Listen to some of the rewards of hope. In Psalms 31, 24, it says this, Lord, The Lord will strengthen your heart for those that hope in the Lord. How many of you need your heart strengthened today? How many of you need your heart strengthened today? Oh, come on. I don't want three holy grunts. I want to I want shout amen. I want, I want us to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalms 33, verse 22. We receive mercy when we hope in the Lord. Psalms 38 verse 15 says, God will hear me if I hope in the Lord. Sometimes the reason that we wonder where God is, we feel like we've been left all alone in the midst of these trials and tribulations, but the reality is God has not gone anywhere. He's with us. He'll never leave, never fail, never forsake. And he says, if you keep that hope in front of you, that ability to perceive that, your perception, your focus is upon him, not what you're going through, but that he's going with you. He Listen, and you're going through. You're going to make it through. You're going to bring others with you to victory. Amen? But listen, it's going to take hope. Psalms 119, verse 114. It says, God will be our hiding place and our shield if we hope in His Word. Psalms 119, verse 116 says, God will uphold us for those that hope in His Word. If there's any time that we need to be held up and that God needs to go before us, it is right now. But we cannot have it. We cannot see it. Listen, we have to be able to see it to receive it. Now, we, we, listen, we're talking about the spiritual perception here. And you have to be able to see it. When God gives you that promise, then you've got to be able to continue to see it with your mind, believe it with your heart, speak it out. And the Scripture says, it shall come to pass. Psalms 130, verse 5, it says, Hope will enable you to wait on the Lord. How many of you find yourself to be a little impatient lately? Oh, come on, come on, come on. I have counseled more wonderful men and women that love each other and love God with all their heart. And I'm talking about leadership in the church. But listen, staying at home for three months and can't go nowhere except to buy groceries. And, and, and you know, hey, listen, you get a little, little agitated with one another. You get a little... You, you, well, I, I'm going to back up off of that one. But listen, the scripture says, I got an answer for you. If you hope in the Lord, he will enable you to wait on the Lord, enable you to wait on Mabel as well. All right, all right. Listen, it says in Psalms 146, verse 5, it says that our hope will produce happiness. How many of you like to have a little bit more joy in your life? You know, I'm, listen. I'm at the place, 38 years of ministry. I want to finish my course with joy. I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not about all the, 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 the fancy stuff. I'm about, listen, enjoying life to the full till it overflows. Amen. And hope has a part in that. Psalms 147 verse 11. The Lord takes pleasure in those that hope in the Lord. If there's anything I want to do, I want to make Him happy. Amen. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28, that hope will produce gladness. Acts chapter 2, verse 26, it says, My flesh can rest in the hope of God. Romans 5, verse 5, it says, My hope will never be disappointed. Say that out loud. My hope will never be disappointed. Say it again. My hope will never be disappointed. You've got a vision on the inside of you. God put it there. As you begin to study his scriptures, in fact, I want to show you a scripture over in Romans 15. Romans 15. In verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope. You know, we know God's the God of love. He is agape. But listen, God's the God of hope as well. God is the God not of just faith, but listen, we've got, we've got to understand, sometimes you have to love somebody by faith. Can I have a good amen? But the scripture says, God is a God of hope. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Bible says that you bubble up over. That you bubble up over and abound overflowing in hope. God doesn't want you to have a little bit of hope. He wants you to have enough hope that, listen, you can't contain it, and it gets on everybody around you. I noticed as we was worshiping the Lord, this great, big, handsome young man that was standing up over here, last year when I was here, when I stepped up on the platform, 
I called him out. I mean, the God just spoke in my heart and that he felt all alone sometimes that, that, he, that he felt like everybody else was just passing him by. And here he is this year when I come back. He's leading the worship. Isn't that awesome? That's hope. That's hope at work in our lives. Praise God. And look what it says here, that God don't want you to have a little bit of hope. God wants you to have a lot of hope. He wants it to abound. He wants it to overflow the banks of your life. If God got that for me, and God wants that for me, how am I going to get it? I'm glad you asked me. Look at verse 4 in this same chapter. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have what? Might have hope. I can go to the Word of God and it'll produce faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But you know what? I can go to the Word of God and it'll produce love, it'll produce joy, it'll produce peace, and it will produce hope. The Scripture says He give us these promises. And this, listen, He give us this covenant of promises, if you will, and so that we might not just have love, peace, or joy, but that we might have hope for our future. Let me tell you something. If you don't have hope for your future, you won't have power for your present. Think about what I just said. If you don't have hope for your future, that's worth writing down in the back of your Bible. If you don't have hope for your future, you won't have power for your present. And that's one of the things right now. We don't want to be a powerless people, a powerless church, a powerless government. We don't want to be a powerless people at all in these last days. We want to finish this, our course with joy. Father, we want, we want to end this thing the way that it started, that with an outpouring, a revival, that God began to literally fill the earth with His glory and splendor and majesty, the, the explosions of almightiness of God. That's what we, how we want to finish this thing. I don't want to be known as, about what I did the, in, in those early days. I want God to do so many great things now, it will overshadow the great things that He did in the past. Amen? And listen, I'm telling you right now, that every one of us need, every one of us need to grow and increase in our hope. So here it is. I can go to the Word of God, and the Word of God will produce more hope. It'll produce more faith. It'll produce more love. It'll produce more joy. It'll produce more grace. It'll produce more mercy. Whatever I need in life, whatever spiritual attribute of God, whatever kindness that I need in life, God has it for me, but I've got to go to the promises of God's Word. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says this. This is what hopelessness is. This. It's without God, it's without Christ, and it's without a covenant of promise. Hopelessness. Can people be hopeless? Certainly. But it will take these three things. If you're without God, you're without Christ, and you're without a covenant of promise, that's where hopelessness is. Can you have hope when there's no reason for hope? Glad you asked. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. I just want to encourage you today that, you know what? I may, I may have been discouraged, but I'm going to get, I'm, and I may have been disappointed, but I'm going to get my courage back. And I'm going, to, I'm going to get my joy and my laughter back. I'm going to get my hop and my step back. I'm, go, I'm going to enjoy the journey with Christ Jesus. Amen. Christ in me, the what? The hope of glory. The scripture talks about the father of our faith, Abraham, and it says here in verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. Who against hope believed in hope. In a hopeless situation, the doctor comes out and he tells you, there's no way you're going to make it. I'm going to tell you right now, you better have hope. You better have faith and you better have love working in here. You better not be walking in anger and unforgiveness. But listen, you better have that love and faith working. You need to be, be a believing believer, but you need to be able to have the perception, the provision, listen, that comes from that perception, that imagination. You need to have that favorable, confident expectation that when he comes back in here, something's going to happen between th then and now, and God's going to be able to move in the midst of this 
now. Now faith is going to add substance to my hope. I'm going to be able to believe and see with my mind, my will, my emotion, because I've got hope. It's overflowing. It's abounding. And it's going to get me up out of this sick bed, out of this deathbed. Hey, you're going to go through some trials and tests. You're going to have some difficult times in life. There's going to be some pain and adversity. But listen, I don't want to paint just a picture that you don't have those kind of things. But I'm telling you this, when you do, you definitely need hope. Can I have a better amen than that? And look what it says here, <laughs> against hope. I've got a cheerleader out here. I'm telling you, the rest of y'all are taking that. i got me a cheerleader out here. It says here, it says, who against hope believed in hope. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the, the deadness of the Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb's dead. That's a fact. He's almost a hundred years old. That's a fact. But the word of God is the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. And it's the truth that changes our lives. And it's the truth that can change our circumstances. It's the truth of God's Word. So I began to believe not the fact, but I began to believe the truth. He believed the truth. He believed what God said about him. He said, don't y'all call me that Abram anymore. You call me Abraham. I'm going to be the father of many nations. Me and my wife, we're going off for a little while. We'll come back, and God's going to start doing, and he's going to start fulfilling what he's already promised. He had God. He had Christ. He had a covenant of promise. And I'm telling you right now, that's what we need. But the Scripture says he considered not. One translation said he considered not to consider. What's happening right now, we're looking at too much the, 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 the reports on television. We're listening to the reports of humanity. And I'm not saying to be ignorant of those things. I think we need to know what's going on. But I think, listen, that it's got to be filtered through the promises, the covenant of promises of God's Word. That in the midst of that situation, five years ago, I had gone through my third surgery on my back, and the doctors couldn't do anything else. And they told me, said, when we walked in and looked at the MRI together, they said that you will be in a wheelchair in two years. That was five years ago. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, hey, there are so many of us that have those testimonies. And listen, we need to understand that God wants to, listen, in the midst of the test, give you a testimony. Give you something you can shout about, something that you can believe. He, listen, he considered not to consider. We've got to get to the point that, you know what, it may be, that may be fact, but the truth is that God's going to see us through. The truth is we're going to come out better on the other side than we, when we went in. The truth is that God, if God be for me, who dare be against me? The truth is, and I keep going back to the truth. I keep going back to the Word of God. It keeps elevating me. It will not bring shame. It will not bring reproach. It will never disappoint me in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to throw this thing away. <laughs> I'm not having an ear problem. I'm having a microphone. <laughs> Praise God. But listen to what it says. He says, who against hope believed in hope. Why? Because he refused to listen to the, safe, the, the naysayers. He, begin, he refused to believe what, not just what his body said. He would have stopped then. That was a fact. But the truth was, God, he had a word from God. He had a word from heaven. And he considered not to consider. Now, also, the definition of this word consider here in the scripture is this. Think about this now. The definition of this is to fix your mind on until you're able to see clearly. To perceive with clarity. The definition of that word consider if I'm going to stop considering this, and I'm going to start considering what this promise of God's Word is, this is what it means. That something's going to happen, not just in my heart, but in my vision. I'm going to fix my mind on it till I can see it clearly. Until I have clarity of perception. See, hope's all about perception. Hope's all about perception. 
In this room, there are, are air conditioner units, several air conditioner units. And there may be more than one thermostat running those AC units on the outside. But if it gets hot in here, I go over to that thermostat. I don't go outside and beat on that unit outside to try to produce cool air in here, even though it's engineered to produce cool air. <coughs> what I do is I go to that thermostat, and in my mind's eye, I can see this room getting cool if I will, if I will bring it down from 90 degrees, what the temperature is in this room, to 70 degrees, which is the temperature I want in my body. And you know what? If somebody didn't know anything about that, they would think, where did you get that box on the wall? I want to get me one of those because my house is hot all the time. But listen, you've got to see that thing is a goal setter. And what I don't do is because it's 90, I don't go over there and push 95. I don't go over there and push 90. I don't say that it is what it is. I say, hey, it is. what it, It's fixing to change what it is because I, I'm setting a new goal. I'm setting a new goal. The thermostat of my life is my hope. And you know the things that I'm believing for? My hope's got to be able to perceive, see the change that's going to come. And then my faith reaches out. Faith is a substance of what? Things hoped for. Things hoped for. My hope will not produce, that box will not produce cool air in here. But it will send a message to that unit on the outside. Fill this room with cool air and it will run day in, day out, day and night until that temperature gets to where I set it. That's what we've got to do. We've got to start setting the temperature of this mind, not on what the world's saying about the election, not what the world's saying about our, our situations and circumstances of national uh, uh, people, black or white or Hispanic or any other thing. We've got, listen, we're a people of love. We're going to love everybody. I don't care if they're polka dotted. We're going to rejoice in the goodness of God and with everyone. We're going to make friends and we're going to love everyone according to the scriptures. Amen? Amen. And so he was, he was our model, if you will. That is just a, a, a verbal picture that, you know what? I have the ability to set in my mind, my will, my emotions, something that I'm not enjoying now that I can enjoy it tomorrow. But I listen, if I will go to the God's Word and it paint a picture on the inside of me of the truth instead of the fact that is, it'll change the fact. And it'll, listen, it'll produce the life of God. It'll produce the glory of God. It'll produce the power and manifestations of God's presence. When I walk up somebody to pray for healing, I don't, listen, my focus is not on the disease. My focus is on the Father that's able to change the disease. Can I have a better amen than that? <clears throat> and so we've got to consider not to consider, and we've got to have clarity of perception. Can I have a good amen? amen. I want to stay with, with Abraham just a minute here. Turn over to Romans, I mean to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Now there's so many scriptures that we could look at because the Bible's full of hope. And there's so many scriptures that we can look at. So we've already established that hope's all about the future and the unseen. It's, faith is all about the now and the unseen. But faith adds substance. My hope cannot produce in and of itself. But I have to have hope for my faith to join it to and produce what I believe in for. Amen? So in Hebrews chapter 6, here's that same story of Abraham, it says here in verse 14, it says, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will bless, multiply thee. When God says surely, he means I guarantee it. You know what? Sometimes that we think we have hope, but we simply have wishful thinking. In other words, I, I hope I get a better job. I hope I get a raise. I hope my kids get saved. But you know what? Those things won't come to pass. That's just wishful thinking. That's not real scriptural hope. 
Real scriptural hope is I go to the Word of God, I find a covenant of promise that meets that need, and then I begin to believe it in my heart. I begin to see it with my mind, my will, my emotions. And listen, I don't will this to pass. I believe God's Word will bring it to pass. I believe God's presence will bring it to pass. God's power will change those, those adverse circumstances. Amen? And so we begin to do that. Look what it says right here. Saying, surely, he said, listen, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you. I'm standing. I'm, I'm giving you a promise, and I stand here, and I swear by myself because there's none greater that, listen, just as sure as I said this, that it will produce in you, and it will produce in all those underneath you. Amen? Amen? We need to believe that. But sometimes we have those preconceived ideas. Sometimes we think, listen, we're more interested how he's going to do it than if he's going to do it. And you know, that's not faith and that's not hope. My hope and faith is, in, is not in how God's going to prosper me, how God's going to heal me, how God's going to deliver me, but it is in that God is going to deliver me. It is in God. My faith and hope is in God that He will do, He can do, He will do, He has done what He said He will do. Can I have a better amen? Now, that's the kind of hope that we need in the church. That we, listen, sometimes, you know, in, in Kings, there's a, a story about Naaman. Naaman was the captain of the guard. His king loved him. But he had a problem. He had leprosy. And, and the scripture says that he heard that there was a prophet in, in, over in Jordan. And so he said that I'm going to send him over there. I'm going to talk to the other king. And we're going we're gonna to make this happen. We're going to get him to go over there. The prophet's going to speak over him. And when he does, he lays up on him. He calls fire down from heaven. Whatever he does, and that leprosy is going to leave. See, he had a preconceived idea how God was going to do it, how the prophet was going to do it. And Elijah sent a servant. He didn't even go himself. Told him to go wash in the Jordan seven times, and then he would be healed. But what happened? He got mad. He got offended. Hello. Let me say it again. He got offended. Hello. There's so many people getting offended in the process of hope and faith working in their life. So they never reach the fulfill, fulfillment of the vision that God's given them. So the, the prophet, he said, okay, I might as well do it. The young lady said, well, you know, if he told you to do this, you'd have done that. So I might as well go wash in the drawer. Long story short, his leprosy left. Do you see what I'm saying? But listen, if you look in the scripture... He, this is the, what it says. He said, surely I thought. So many times that's what we do. Surely I thought. Surely my, it, I thought he was going to do it this way. When, when, when Peter was locked up in jail, then he got freed. The angels of the Lord freed him. And when he went and knocked on the door, and they're having prayer meeting trying to deliver Peter from the, from the prison, then when they seen him, they didn't believe it, thought it was a ghost. You know why? Because if you recognize what it says, it says, Surely I thought. Preconceived ideas of how God's going to do it instead of believing the covenant of promises that if God said it, He is able to do it. If God said it, He is able to do it. If God said it, He's able to do it. Can I have a better amen than that? And so the Scripture says, I want to just get to this one part here. It says, Wherein God willingly, more abundantly, verse 17, to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability or the unchangeableness of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. See, you've got to be able to see it with your mind and with your will and your emotion just as much as you've got to believe it with your heart. You've got to see it. And listen, he made it possible for them that day to have this covenant of promise, a guarantee, surely this is going to happen. But listen, he didn't believe the fact. He began to believe the truth. And the scripture says it came to pass. But look what else it says here. It says, it says in verse 18, 
He said that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. No matter what's going on in this world around us, we've got to hold on, folks. We got to hold on to what God said. We got to hold on to the, the relationship of the body of Christ, one with another, saying the same thing, believing the same thing, hoping for the same thing, walking the same direction, hand in hand, heart in heart, believing and trusting our love will never fail, that God's hope will always bring it to pass because God promised. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to jerk on that one. And But look, when you get to this, this is, this is the clincher. Which hope, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Listen, the scripture says, goes on to say, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What it's saying here is that, listen, as rough as the waves get in this world and in my life, maybe in my marriage, maybe in my financial condition, maybe, maybe I've, I've lost my, my business in this pandemic, but you know what? God can give me another one. God can give me a vision. God can give me a dream. God can, God can speak to my heart in the midnight hour. And in the process, that God can set something up and set people up and set resources up. Listen, I remember when I got, first got saved. I was walking across a railroad track, down a railroad track, to catch a ride to get to my work. I worked at a sheet metal uh, plant. And, and I actually worked there 13 years, and, and, but I had to, at that time, we didn't have any money. We had one old car that, that was, a, I mean, it was long as a bus, and, and people knew we was coming because the smoke got there before we did. I mean, it was, just, it was just the way it was. And so, but I began to believe God that he's going to give me a new truck. And, and I began to walk down that railroad track, and I would just dance. I mean, my God. My God, hallelujah, he's my God. I would sing, I would dance, I would jump, I would shout going down that railroad track and just saying, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'd get happy. God was doing something. He was building a vision in my mind. And he was building faith in my heart. And the next thing you know, I seen a truck that just like the one I wanted. And I began to hold fast to that. I didn't let go. I began to hold fast. Listen, hope is the anchor of my soul. In the Amplified Bible, it says it will not slip. It will not fail. It will not fall, no matter who steps out upon it. And I was walking down that railroad track and believing and trusting and singing and worshiping. And the next thing you know, the Lord made it possible. I got a brand new truck just like I wanted in 12 months. It was completely paid for. Somebody give the Lord a shout for that. I'm telling you right now, when I got that truck, the first thing I did is I went and bought me an ooga horn, put it in that truck. I went through town and I said, ooga, ooga. Now, some of you young folks don't know nothing about that. But listen, us older folks, we knew that, hey, listen, I've done a ride. I mean, I've got something. I may even be a little bit wealthy now. But listen, what I'm saying to you, God, he's got a life of riches and blessing and favor. And all we have to do is envision be a people that's not going backward and coming off. Be a people that's walk, taking one step at a time forward in their faith walk, trusting and believing that what God said he's able to do, willing to do, and he shall do. Amen? And then when we begin to do this, God will do supernatural things. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. How long have I preached? Belinda, how long have I preached, Patty? Okay. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 1 through 
5, it says this. It says, therefore, being justified, just as if I never sinned by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in what? Hey, listen. Just as if I never sinned, I've got peace, but now I've got joy. And I've got joy in hope. By whom, verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. If there's anything we need right now in this world we live in is God's glory to be manifested. God's glory to come and be manifest. And angels show up among us, around us, and for us. It's, listen, it's time. <laughs> it's time for that thing to stop. Hey, it's time. <laughs> it, it's time that, listen, that we get our laughter back. We get our joy back. We get our dance back. We get our, our shout back. Amen. I, I remember something an old pastor told me one time as a young man. I, I'll never forget it. He said, if you lose your, your shout, you'll lose your shine. And if you lose your shine, you'll lose your shout. In my life, in our ministry, you know, ministers go through difficult times at times. But I remember that even in the midst of difficult times, I would shout, Hallelujah! And when I wasn't shouting, I had a cheerleader over here that would shout with me and for me. And she didn't grab me. I mean, one day I was just praying and praying in tongues. She walked in and I was acting like I was praying in tongues. I know none of you have ever done that. What I was doing is fretting and worrying. But she walked in. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, can't you see? I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm being a godly man. I'm praying in the Spirit. And she said, no, you wasn't. I didn't hear you, so you must have not been doing And then she began to encourage me. She began to speak to me, the covenant of promise. She began to pick me up and encourage me. That's what God did when he said that to Abraham. When he swore by himself, he says, listen, this is not just for you, but it's for all those of the house of faith. It's for me. I believe he shouted, I'm going to shout. I believe he danced, I'm going to dance. But listen, that's what Belinda did for me that day. She picked me up. She enabled me to see with clarity what the problems of life had taken away. Listen to this. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How in the world can we do that? Only if you got hope. Only if you got faith. Only if your faith is, listen, Connecting with your hope, your ability to perceive, setting the thermometer of my spiritual life, and listen, knowing that God created it to produce as every time I stand upon it. It will not break, it will not fall, and no matter who steps upon it. He says, and now so only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing, knowing, knowing. We gotta know something, folks. The devil's been feeding us a bunch of lies, deceptions. But I'm telling you right now, listen, his two greatest forces is division and distraction. And we've got to focus. We've got to refocus. And it's got to be on this and upon the fellowship of the saints because when we come together, we're better. We're stronger. And he says we glory in our tribulations knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience produces more hope. See, when I'm believing for something and trusting God for something and then a test, a trial, there's pushback naturally. There's pushback to keep me from getting what God's got from me on the other side of that mountain. Listen, there's pushback of the enemy, the people of life in our lives, there are many times there's pushback, there's adversity, that what, what, what we have to do is know that, you know what, that I'm going to walk in love, I'm going to keep the faith, I'm going to continue to keep my eyes upon the Lord and His promises, and patience will produce experience, and experience will produce what? More hope. So then I get what I've been believing for, guess what I do? I begin to set a higher goal. I began to see even greater things. We, we have pastored churches. We have started churches. We pastor pastors. 
I never thought about that at once that I was going to do anything like that or that I could even do things, something like that. The second year of our ministry that I met Pastor John Osteen, and the next thing you know, he asked me to come and teach in his Bible school. And the next thing you know, I was starting a church in, in uh, 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 Magnolia, uh, Texas, which is just outside, probably 40 miles from his church. And then that church grew, and then it moved down the road and got bigger and bigger. And we've been there since uh, four pastors have come and gone through there and overseeing them. I'm, what I'm telling you is that you can do what you cannot do with the help of the Lord if you can have hope and faith working in your life. Can I have a better amen than that? And the hope maketh not a shame. Hope will not disappoint you. And hope will not disappoint you because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. If there's anything I need in life, I need to be able to see with my mind and I need to be able to believe with my heart what God's Word has promised me. I believe He's not a man that He should lie. I believe that if He said it, He's able to do it and He's willing to do it. I believe He'll do it for anybody who steps out on it and holds fast to it. I believe that, listen, sometimes it may take tribulation, work in patience and patience perfects, listen to this, patience perfects Christian character. Think about what I just said. Patience perfects Christian character. I'm stronger through the adversities that I've gone through. I'm better. I'm wiser. There's some things I wouldn't do again the same way because, listen, God's character has been working through me. Untested faith is nothing more than carnal confidence. Now, I'm preaching much better than you are, amen. amen. Untested faith is nothing more. We're going to go through some tests. But untested faith, man, you just, hey, you want a pie-in-the-sky life? You need to go somewhere else. But you want to win? And you want to be the winner? You want to be more than a conqueror? You've got to have hope and faith and love working. When it's all said and done, these three great qualities of life must exist. So today... I want you to bow your head with me just for a moment. Today, if you're in here and you say, Brother Glenn, I want you to pray for me. I want, I want, I'm, I've lost my way in hope. I still believe, but I just can't see it anymore. I can't see the victory line. I can't see the goal. I can't see how God's going to do this. You've lost your hope. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? I want to just pray for you. I'm not going to come out there and get you. I'm not going to ask. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Man, in every arena, there's so many of us, and one time or another, all of us, that we just need somebody to believe with us again. Someone to stand alongside and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it because God is with you. God's for you. And this is all about what God's going to do, not about what you're going to do or how He's going to do it. So, Father, today we stand in faith and trust you, believe in you, that in the midst of all the turmoil, chaos, destruction that we see around us, that you're bigger, you're greater, you're stronger. You're so full of life and you're so full of hope. You're the God of faith. You're the God of love. But you are the God of hope. And that you want your hope to abound. Oh, bubble up and bubble over in our lives. So today we set ourselves in agreement with the covenant of promise. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And we stand upon your word. We can see you taking the oath to do what you said you're you would do we stand upon hope it's the anchor of our soul we confess this with our mouth we believe it with our heart and it too shall come to pass so God we thank you today for it in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said amen the scripture says it's without God 
You know, sadly, there's still many, many people in the world, even in the church, that's without God, that don't have a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never confessed Him as Lord. They never asked Him to come in their heart. You may be here today, and you may be that person. Maybe you've, maybe you've come to church even for years. But I'm telling you right now, it's not being a pastor that's going to get me to heaven. It's not being a good husband that's going to get me to heaven. All the good works in, in my life will never get me to heaven. But I'm telling you, heaven will come to me if I'll just call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed right now. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want you to pray with me. I'm not praying for you, but I'm praying with you that Jesus Christ become your Lord and Savior, that God will literally birth His salvation in your heart right here, right now. If that's you, lift your hand. Just lift it up and put it right back down. Just lift it up and put it right back down. Don't wait. Today's the day of salvation for all of us. Thank you, Lord. He is my hope. He is my love. He is my faith. Father, thank you. Thank you for resurrection life, and thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you, Lord God, that your word declares that if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I believe that. That's a promise. I can see that. That you said it, you declared it, it shall come to pass. I wait upon that. I trust you for that. I have hope and faith for that. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Thank you for blessing this beautiful and wonderful church, powerful church, precious church. Father, thank you for blessing these pastors and these this staff and these leaders in this church. Thank you, Father God, for blessing this board of directors in this church. Thank you, Lord God, that your hands upon this, this community. And Father God, that you're going to use legacy to do exploits, heroic deeds and notable acts. That God, we're going to see the tide change in behalf of the glory of God. So we give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.